there's so many themes, you know, to draw from from the the passion. Um, that would be we would be here a long time if we if we even, you know, books and books and books have been read or written and read. Well, probably not read as much as they've been written, but books and books written, you know, about the the passion. I'd like to to focus on two themes, two themes. The first is this, and it's uh, also enunciated by our second reading, which is the humility of God, how humble God is. You know, God in his own nature, in the divine nature, has no need to repent, uh, has no need to suffer, has no need to die, and in fact cannot. God in his nature, his divine nature, is perfect and therefore would have no need for repentance um, and couldn't do it anyway because he's perfect and therefore also could not suffer and could not die. In his divine nature, he can't do these things. So there's also really no reason for him to do so. You know, God who is perfect would never need to repent and God who is all-powerful would, would never be subject to suffering and death. But God in his great humility saw that to satisfy both mercy and justice, you know, his beloved people were in a predicament that they could not get out of themselves. No human suffering, no um, human repentance or human death could possibly make up for the sins that we have committed against God. You might even say, well, even, even you know, I mean, not just the big sins, that all those other people do, but even our own particular sins. And why is that? Well, because, you know, when, when you look at the, the relationship between ourselves and God and the, uh, the extreme distance, you know, in perfection, that using our freedom to sin against God, the freedom that he gave us to love, but the freedom we sometimes use to love him, but then also sometimes use to create evil, do evil, and offend him. There's no real way for us to make up for that. We beings are imperfect. We could never make up to a perfect being. You know, we could never repent enough. We could never suffer enough. And all of the deaths in the world would never be enough. The gap is too large. So God, in his humility, decides to take on our nature to do what he could never do in his own nature. But if he takes on our nature, he can do it. So Jesus Christ becomes man and unites divine nature with human nature and in his human nature can suffer, can repent, and can die. But the, the amazing thing is that through his suffering, repentance, and death, it is enough to bridge that gap. It is enough to forgive our sins because it's God doing it for us. It's God, you know, bailing us out to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. The great humility of God who created the universe enters into his own creation, humbles himself, lowers himself to take on the, you know, the, the nature that he created, human nature, takes that on. Why? Because of his great love for you and I. 
because he doesn't want us to die in our sins. He doesn't want us to have no ability to be reconciled with his heavenly father. He does it out of love. So that's the first thing, humility, the immeasurable humility of God. And the second one is this, second theme, responsibility, responsibility. It's not God's fault that there's evil. It's not God's fault that great evil has, um, has been done. It's not God's fault that you and I have sinned. It's not his fault that evil is in the world. He could very well have stayed out of it, as it were, and sort of not gotten involved. But he takes responsibility. Even though he's not responsible for the evil, in a sense, he's responsible for the whole thing in the first place because he created it. So we would never say God is guilty of evil, but God, when he created new, that in doing so, in creating beings, creating beings with free will, that, that they would use their free will, we would use our free will for evil and for sin. And while he would have every right to stand, you know, aback and afar, he gets involved. He becomes man. He takes on our human nature and he takes responsibility for what we could never do ourselves. You know, it's, it's like parents bailing out their kids. You know, and you wonder when that is going to end. When, when can I stop bailing out my kids? Well, I hope my mother doesn't stop. <laughs> I hope it doesn't end, you know. When you're dead, that's when you get to stop bailing out your kids. But, you know, parents do this all the time. It's what a parent does, you know. I mean, there are limits, of course. But as a parent, you, you help out your children along the way because you know that they need that. And God does much the same thing with us by becoming man, although so much more. Because in, in taking responsibility for all that we've done and taking that upon himself, he pays the debt that we could not repay. He redeems us because we could not redeem ourselves. And so salvation then is this great and precious gift. It's not forced upon us. It's nothing we could ever earn. There's nothing we could possibly do to earn heaven and the freedom from our sins. But this is the gift that is offered to us today. And we see this great humility and this great act of responsibility. And we should, I hope, be drawn into gratitude and love, returning all of that to God for all that he has done for us. Please stand.